up everybody and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 87 and this is Club Red where unfortunately this week we are putting the Texas Tech baseball season to rest. Uh, we will be looking back on uh, the regional round so stick around for all of our thoughts on that plus a little con- Club Red conversation on officiating a hot topic around here for us. Uh, but before we get into all that, make sure you are following us. Follow us on Apple and Spotify. Give us that five-star rating on each. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. You can follow our Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. It's where we do most of our interacting and posting and uh, you know reacting to news. So follow us there. You can also follow our personal accounts. Uh, go follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22 or myself at Calvin B. Barrett, where we do much of the same that you can see on our Tailgate Talks pod page. Also, follow our Facebook, follow our Instagram, follow our YouTube channel to catch some uh, highlights from each week's episode. And lastly, if you have anything that you want to discuss with the show, comment on the show, or let us know, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's Club Red. We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Man, I've been waiting all my life to do Well, Dustin, unfortunately for us this week, uh, the season, the baseball season is a wrap. Tech sports for the time being are a wrap. Uh, It's that time of year where you're just kind of hanging on to whatever you got. And unfortunately, the only thing we had keeping us going is now no longer playing. So Texas Tech baseball uh, was eliminated over the weekend on Sunday night by Notre Dame in a 2-1 to loss that came down to a bases loaded situation with your best player at the plate and you were unable uh, to get a run across to tie it. And so uh, your tournament ends in uh, Statesboro. You did get a couple wins. So how the weekend went for you, you lost to Notre Dame to start off the regionals with a three to two loss uh, after a lengthy rain delay. that got the tournament started on Friday. So, Dustin, this was a long day on Friday. You waited till 1 o'clock to get that game in. We got not even a full inning before a lightning delay. And then you didn't play baseball again until it was dark. So, what were your thoughts on that first game and Texas Tech's start to the regionals, which was pretty brutal? Yeah, it sucked just because it came one pitch too late. You know, they literally got the double. Yep. As soon as it happened, which might have saved us from more, but also if it came one pitch right. earlier, we would have been at zero zero restarting the whole game pretty much, you know, in the bottom of the first there. But man, that that was frustrating. And then six hour rain delay. Um, then you come out and you have some great pitching, and we're going to mention that a lot in the next 10, 15 minutes. How good your pitching was this weekend, you know. Chase Hampton comes out and pitches the best game of his career um, or this season, and he's done that like twice earlier this year. 
He had 12 strikeouts in just less than seven innings. And I was like, just keep pushing, putting him out there. Like, yeah. I know his pitch count's high or getting there, but he's rolling, man. Like, he was amazing, electric. His 95-mile-an-hour fastball was humming. Like, they couldn't touch him. Yeah. And it was great to see. They were equally as frustrated Friday night as we were. Yeah, I think that made that game better. Is If you're getting your ass kicked and you right. weren't able to hit, it would feel much worse. But Hampton was going out there, shutting them. They were striking out just Love as him. many times as you were. He was just as dominant as their pitchers were. Uh, and he was doing it all by himself. I love watching him pitch when he's on. He is gassed up. He is yeah. energetic. He is like, he got a big fuck you mentality when he's yeah. on the mound. Yeah. And, man, he's been really fun to watch in the season. Unfortunately, couldn't get runs for him. So we did have somebody hit, hit us up on our inbox. The decision to the the call uh, that put the runner at first, the catcher's interference puts the runner at first, and right after that we take Hampton out. We put in Mason Molina, who we know throws it into the ground. Uh, we had somebody say that that was on Tadlock. This loss was on Tadlock. Do you agree with the person that reached out to us and said that? Uh, because for me, I think about the inning before where he made the decision to bunt with one out and get two guys on second and third, and you end up scoring those two guys. So I thought that decision gave you the chance to tie the game. Um, so I didn't really understand why he's blaming this loss on Tadlock for making a move like that. Tadlock, I mean, we just mentioned it before we jumped on here. It's 10-year anniversary of hiring Tadlock, and look at the amount of success we've had when – you know, we were kind of just hanging around 500, I think, before him. And yep. average team. He's he's always been a pretty hands-on, like, situational guy, like, when stuff like that comes up. Like, maybe too much, maybe a little less, but usually it's worked out for us. I don't know about going and blaming him, but I would have just liked to see him leave Hampton in just because of how good he was. Like, yeah. I mean, the catcher's interference, yeah, it happened but nothing you can do about it. Let's move on. Hampton can probably get the next dude. We'll never know, but I would rather went with Hampton even as late as he was already pitching than go go to our bullpen, who's definitely not as good, whoever we throw out there as Hampton was, has been. Yeah, the only thing I agree with on that point is I, I, I don't think you take Hampton out the way he was cooking. Like, he had that guy down 0-2, so it wasn't like it was – all of a sudden he had lost command or control. Like, they still couldn't hit him. So that was the no. only reason. And then you bring in a guy who's, you know, kind of been sitting there, uh, Mason Molina, who has had good performances, but, you know, does what he does, uh, unfortunately, in that in that game, uh, which ends up being the winning run uh, for Notre Dame. You're unable to tie it in the ninth. And so... Can we talk about our, our, our offense in that game? Yeah, so... What, you got stats for us? Yeah, I got a few. I mean, I've listed everything All right. out. All right. Get ready. I mean, the most frustra frustrating part of that whole game was how bad our bats were. Um, they had holes in them, I guess, because we struck out 19 times. They had holes? I, I didn't even see us swinging bats. Well, so that's <laughs> we the problem. We standing there. <laughs> that's the problem. We were so inconsistent on either not swinging the bat and then I think, you know, of course, the dumb fan of you know, so we're all like, swing the bat. Well, then they'd swing at the worst fucking pitch they get and strike out next. So it's like, what are you looking at? Like, that's what blows our, our mind is like, good pitches are going 
going in there and we were leaving the bats on our shoulders and then bad pitches were going in the dirt and we were flying away at them and obviously not making contact and it was very very frustrating to watch um i mean seven hits two runs 19 strikeouts and they had 15 strikeouts so they were like i said equally yeah. as frustrated it gave us a chance though in the eighth we kind of chipped away and got back in there but it was not enough but it was just it was just frustrating to watch how bad we were like letting balls go by and then swinging at the worst balls yeah, and that was kind of the story of the weekend because you think, all right, hey, that was an interesting day, right? You think you're playing at one, you have a delay, like maybe that threw us off. Maybe we'll kick things back into gear on Saturday where we have a game against UNCG, who is the four seed. This should be, theoretically be a chance to get your offense going, and you were unable to really get anything done in that game either on offense you were pretty weak at the plate once again. You let some random like 24-year-old dude shut you down um, for most of the game. The dude looked like a fucking pro prospect all of a sudden awesome. because of you. Uh, you score two runs, but the only way you are able to score them was because of a wild pitch. Um, <laughs> and so offense doesn't really help you out there, but yet another great pitching performance. Bird Cell was amazing for you. Uh, and then your bullpen was able to come in and close it out for him in that game. They don't give up a run. You win two to nothing. Um, anything to add into that game? Oh, again, seven hits, two runs, nine strikeouts. So probably our best overall offensive game, just looking at stats-wise, even though we still were horrible. But, I mean, we'll talk about a summary of it. But, yeah, like that should not be your yeah. best offensive game of the weekend. Um there thank god we held them to zero yeah you're thankful that you're pitching uh which was your weakness coming into this right you thought you could be able to count on the bats and what are you going to get from your pitchers well your pitchers stepped up and they were lights out for you all weekend yeah they only gave up six runs six, six runs total your, runs yep and you're heading three home. one and two and i mean they showed it on tv a few times like our pitching was fifth in the big 12 like middle of the pack yeah. nothing great nothing terrible you know we think it's terrible just because our expectations are and high. number one offense in the big 12 and you this weekend it was flip-flopped that was the best weekend by mm -hmm. our whole pitching staff for sure top to bottom starters showed up rain delay didn't affect us bullpen showed up when they needed to like to only give up six total runs yeah. that's amazing like we we should have helped them out more the only real knock you can throw is that Mason Molina, you know, dirt ball that scored that run. That's really the only kind of blemish that you had on the pitchers. Other than that, you know, they were they were dominant. So you go yeah. into game three now. You're facing the host in Georgia Southern. And another pretty lackluster offensive performance. You had one yep. inning where you scored all three of your runs. Uh, you got one on a sack fly, and then you got a little, you know, hit from Hudson White that knocked in two more. Other than that, you weren't able to do anything offensively. Um, again, your pitching was uh, lights out as Andrew Morris came in uh, because yeah. you didn't have to use him in game one because of the lightning delay. He got to come in and pitch for you in game three, which was a huge help. And then once again, once he was done, uh, your bullpen was able to shut it down for you. So, uh, And you end up eliminating Georgia Southern, the host team, get yourself to... 
uh, the regional final. So any thoughts from knocking off the 16 seed in the tournament? Yeah, it's never good facing the, the home team, especially when it's their first yeah. regional to host. A lot of pressure on them, but, you know, they got a lot of fans in the house. And, yeah, that was a horrible offensive performance. Four hits. Luckily, we got three runs out of that somehow and ten strikeouts. And, yeah, luckily we got to pitch Andrew Morris in this game because of that game one. But, again, offense just horrible, horrible, horrible all weekend. Yep, it was, and, and you just kept waiting. You just kept waiting. Maybe the next game. I know. You watched three full games of just shitty offense. Maybe in game four, finally things will start to come around. You have multiple, uh, opportunity in the very first inning against Notre Dame. I think you got the bases loaded in the first inning with like one out. Of course out we did. <laughs> and couldn't score multiple times. And that's the thing about this weekend. It's not like you didn't have opportunities to score. You had so many runs, runners left on base, uh, just frustrating. So Notre Dame game, you know, they have their ace going uh, again uh, against you. You faced him in that first inning on Friday, but they had their ace going. We had no idea what we were going to do with our pitchers. We throw out Jamie hit who Dustin had to text me. Who's this? (laughs) Didn't know who he, it was. He was I, good. I, I honestly, I was. I'd only seen him pitch like once or twice, so I barely knew who he was. But he comes Even out. Even he was really good this he was weekend. Doing good. Who did we throw in after him that came out? That was doing good. Josh Sanders. Uh, he was doing. He did great. Devon <laughs> came was... in and he pitched well. Um, Thank God. It was just like everybody you threw out there yeah. who were guys you couldn't trust all year were just absolutely hit. we went hit brandon beckel beckel josh sanders all three of those guys went just over two innings garrett crowley came in for one out and then andrew devine for one but yeah those three guys hit beckel and sanders they were awesome yeah you gave up two runs in this game and unfortunately for us that was just too much your offense could never put anything together Runners in scoring position, you'd get the worst at-bats ever. Um, you know, you had the bases loaded, Hudson White strikes out. Uh, you have the bases loaded again, and Jace Young grounds out to you in, in the game. Uh, multiple opportunities throughout this game to get points on the board, just were never able to do it. So Notre Dame gets the win, moves on to the Supers, and your season ends. Uh, so, Dustin, take us through kind of what your thoughts were as uh, that Jace Young ground out ended the season and kind of where your head was at. Yeah, again, 10 hits, one run, eight strikeouts by the offense there. Not a great performance there. 10 hits yeah, you meant- to get you more than one run. Like, that- right. That's, that's the thing. Like, even in those first two games with seven hits, that's not horrible, but to only produce – you know, one or two runs out of all that. We yeah. left so many guys on base. We were getting walks, too. Oh, yeah. We left so many on base, lots in scoring position, and that's what was the frustrating thing. Like, I know we had the 19 strikeout Friday night. But then after that, like, things evened yeah. out, and we were getting on base, and we were getting hits and walks, and then we would roll into a stupid double play. Yep. We would have a dumb out. We'd have an easy strikeout. Like we made like ending innings very easy. It seemed like, yep. um, you start off an yeah. inning with a base hit and you're like, all right, here we go. Oh, and then yeah. double play. And you're like, ah, oh, immediately. Or right, you just could never string together the hits that you needed. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but they mentioned it on, uh, 
the cast on Sunday uh, that our last three or last four hitters like were super terrible, like yeah. numbers wise. Like on base percentage was crap. Maybe two or three hits between the three or four of them yeah. in the whole weekend. Washburn like, was hitless. I think Parker Kelly like, had one or two. I think uh, Dylan Parker, Carter Dylan had Carter, one or two. and like yeah, those guys became strikeout kings all over again. And it was just very defeating. Like you didn't even have faith in the top and middle guys like you usually do. Yeah, like that's what was frustrating. Like even when Jace was up, I'm like, all right, you haven't done anything all yeah. weekend. Maybe this is the time. And uh, easy chopper to first. And then it finally was a time. And in any other goddamn baseball park, it's a home run. Oh, he hits it off. Let's talk about that. Yes, he blasts one of. And I was like, right it's tied. he tied that shit. Oh. And he was trying to. You could tell oh, by yeah. his first couple Every swings. Swing. Like he wanted a freaking bomb. And he finally got a hanger. And he rips it, and it didn't get high enough, and they have a stupid-ass wall in right field, and that thing hit off the top of the wall, so we only scored one run there. And that like, that was just like, oh, of course. The time we could have tied it and taken this game to game five, we can't get a break because of a stupid wall. That's Who builds that? Come on, Georgia Fucking Southern. Get out of here. Never F that wall. Again. Yeah, we tweeted yeah. that. Fuck that wall. Not filtered. <laughs> no, exactly right. That was everybody. Yeah, it's frustrating going. that just overall we had our best pitching performance top to bottom. Every starter was amazing. Even the fill in guys on game four Sunday were great. And then no one could yeah. hit. No one was reliable. Even when Steelwell had two hits in like game four, we were like, that's amazing. Yeah, but he's like, probably not going to get another one. This is incredible. <laughs> like, he's on fire. It just it it sucked. It was not a fun weekend of baseball. Like, yeah. not one of those games was enjoyable to watch. Not a single. It's kind of like soul sucking just to sit there and uh, yeah. watch and dread. Like I was to be honest, I was like, man, if we end up winning this Notre Dame game, it's not going to be fun to have to watch a fifth game. No, we got to play it. Yeah, like <laughs> trying to hit a baseball. It's just like it, it's yeah. It sucks the fun out of it when there's nothing that you can do offensively, and it didn't matter who we put up at the plate. Like nobody who we pinch hit could figure out anything either so nope. it, it just felt hopeless um the coaching staff you could tell was getting a little bit irritated so point Ooh, i wanted yeah. to talk about j bob our third base coach gets tossed in the notre dame game i can't remember what inning it was i think it was like the it's pretty early like third it's like i think it's like third or fourth that early i felt like yeah, it was it's about little, middle of the game we were kind of it's early middle Either way, the some of the calls were pretty questionable, and we'll get into a conversation on all of that a little bit later. But um, I guess he finally said something. The ump heard him, tosses him. So J-Bob rushes up to talk Gives to him. Gives him a quick warning, and then J-Bob pops off again. So pops he- off, which I was like, get him, J-Bob. Like, fucking punch, yeah. this, punch this asshole. Like, these guys were <laughs> fucking terrible. Get that, get that suspension, man. And... Uh, Apparently, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, so I'm curious to say, but apparently he gets a seven-game suspension for bumping into the ref. But if you watch the videos, it was like the ref who came in and kind of made the contact with him. Yeah. And so um, he was just, you know, giving him a piece of his mind, and then the other ref had to assert himself into the situation and kind of made things even worse from what I thought. Uh, And then, of course, he was gone after that. 
So, yeah, what were your thoughts on the whole J-Bob situation? I liked it from J-Bob because, I mean, him getting tossed, it's just like a coach getting teed up or kicked right. out in basketball. Like, they're, they're just trying to up. fire the team up. We needed something. J-Bob being an offensive coach, like, he's sick of seeing this batting performance Back, of the yeah. weekend. And whack Whether he – and he wasn't – the call that – he was arguing was a good call. Like yeah, it was, was in there, yeah. but I think he was just sick of everything. <laughs> like not swinging the bat when that was a great bunt opportunity. Like you're already there. Just let it hit the bat. And like get, yeah, go ahead, get blown up, get thrown out. Tadlock can coach third easily. No big deal. But yeah, that other ump coming in and I get like baseball umpires. That's what they do to kind of like separate from the coach or the player but he was like even when there was space from the other umpire he kept initiating with j-bob i thought yeah and then j-bob gets punished it's so dumb to me that officials and they they decide the suspension right there you see him like point point and do this well i think that was just for video reference because he was like bump point and do the bump no. Bump again, and that's probably just automatic. Already, every bump is. That's one. how they do the suspensions. Because if you watch closely, after he points another four, and I and so that's I was watching the North Carolina one of the North Carolina games. Their coach got ejected, and you see the the official point two, and that means two game suspension. It's bizarre to me that officials like in the heat of the moment get to just decide what the suspension is, and that sticks. Like that makes no no sense what if like a basketball official gets to give a tech technical throw at a coach and then all of a sudden gets to say four games and then that coach is <laughs> four games like that great. doesn't make any sense to me so that was bullshit no. i thought i was hoping that would fire our team up and like, yeah didn't let's f- get the bats going now j bob's pissed off no one else is like j bob just wanted man, to it, did, the, it didn't work thanks for your efforts, to get to the J-Bob. bus early so he had to didn't have to keep watching us. He was like, it's either going to fire us up or if worst, I'm out of here early. I don't have to watch the uh, shit anymore. I wouldn't blame him. Something I would do. <laughs> so, uh, so the regional weekend comes to a close. Texas Tech seasons come to a close. So do you have anything, you know, final thoughts on the regionals to, you know, wrap up this uh, horrific offensive weekend, but yet a weekend where you say goodbye to a lot of players? Yeah, I'm not – this whole season was kind of very up and down, just like this weekend was. So it's disappointing just from our overall program. Like, we want to get further than this. Right. So that kind of stinks. But with how this season went and this team, there wasn't that much in the cards to get further. Um, so looking back on that, probably ended up where you should have. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah. bad for bitching about us being a three seed when you you, know, you look like a three seed out there. <laughs> yeah, and we were in a very hard uh, bracket, you know, three top 25 teams. There's only one other bracket that had that much competition in it mm-hmm. uh, at the top like that. Um, and so that kind of sucks. But, yeah, it sucks for these seniors that have been on better teams and then kind of goes out like this. And you play terrible – offensively when that's usually your go-to especially for guys like jace who that's his bread and butter i mean he can handle second base pretty easy but and usually it's the bat and that bat wasn't there this weekend and sucks for guys like kurt wilson who had an amazing season with lots of highlights um and we got like parker kelly who 
you know, walked on the team four or five years ago and, you know, sat down and was the defensive fill-in for the eighth, ninth inning stuff and finally got to start um, every day this year. So it's disappointing in that end for a lot of these guys that have been here through some really good times and some Omaha teams um, and some weird, you know, COVID-type te- seasons. So yeah. they'll be one of the – they'll be remembered for sure. Uh, I know Jace is projected to go top ten, so – He'll be remembered and hopefully be in the bigs sooner rather than later. So kind of sour taste in our mouths, but, you know, thanks to those seniors that played great for the last four to five years for us. Yeah, it sucks that they go out on this note. It sucks that Jace Young's last at bat as a Red Raider, you know, was was an out to end the season. <laughs> um, so that kind of stings. But, you know, I just kind of viewed this weekend as lost opportunities. Like, it was right there in front of you. Big time. I, I, you sh- definitely should be in the Supers if you have just an average weekend at the plate. Like, not, not yeah. maybe even less than average weekend at the plate, you still uh, come away from here. But uh, just hate to see a struggle that way, especially a guy like Kurt Wilson who wasn't able to get the bat going at all this weekend, who's a guy who's had – He didn't even get his first hit until yeah. Sunday, like middle of the game. Who's had huge moments for you, not just this season, but past postseasons. And so, um, you know, it's it sucks to say goodbye to these guys, but definitely appreciative of all they've given to us. You know, Jace Young's been as fun of a baseball player to watch as we've had come through here. Um, Kurt Wilson uh, playing wherever in the field that he that he can play just to yeah. get the minutes and making the most of it. Easton Morrell, who has one, you know, a legendary home run against Arkansas back in a college World Series. Uh, and so, yeah, you have a lot of moments to look back on with these guys, which is really cool. And, you know, we don't know who else is leaving. We got younger guys who might be right. hitting the draft. And so, uh, you know, Bird Cell might be, I would expect to be. Oh, he gone. <laughs> I don't know what really about Morris. I feel like Andrew Morris might have a shot, but, you know, remains to be seen. Um, Stillwell, some of these other younger guys who have chances to go. So uh, it'll be a different baseball season next year, but different baseball team, lots of new faces. So, uh, Dustin, what are, we, what are you looking forward to next year with this baseball team? Yeah, I mean, this is with losing, you know, with a game left and regionals is like, the baseline bottom for us like we got to at least get back to that can't keep dropping off from there um so how do you reload with guys leaving lots of star power leaving and yeah obviously pitching is going to leave turnover maybe you actually get lucky in some of these pitchers especially your bullpen guys you know age develop mature and your bullpen's much much better next year um with transfers you know, kind of like basketball, similar to football, there's going to be a lot of turnover. We're going to lose some guys that didn't get enough playing time or want to go start rather than every other day it. And so we're going to get some guys off of that too. So it's going to be a lot of turnover. We've done a lot of turnover for the last, I feel like, four years. That's what happens when you're good. You know, you're going to have guys that leave early, like Birdsell and Jace. That's good. That makes us look better. The guys want to come here and do that for a guy like Tadlock, and so that's a good thing for us. So hopefully we can go get some guys in the transfer portal that are ready right now. Obviously draft or recruit well again, hit the JUCO market well again. Like It's just retooling and reloading. It's nothing new. I mean, we've thought this for years. Like, oh, 
how are we going to place Eric Gutierrez at first base? He hit so many home runs. Yep, and then three years later, there's Cam Ward getting <laughs> yeah. just as many home runs yeah. in Hargrove. Like, we've done it over and over and over now. Like, don't get like, oh, how are we going to replace, you know, Josh Young? Well, now we have Jace Young. How are we going to replace Jace? Well, we'll find another one. Like, it's not easy to do, but we've done a really good job at it for the last, you know, three, four, five years. So keep doing that. Tadlock, J-Bob. Gutierrez, go recruit, make us great again. Yeah, now NIL and all these transfers, like good players are going to be transferring out of, you know, good situations too. So there's going to be a lot more opportunities to fill holes on the roster because of that, um, I think. And then, of course, you're going to lose some guys at that. But if there's anything I'm kind of hanging my hat on, it's the pitching from this weekend. It was guys that you expect to be on your staff next year, you know, besides Phil Morris, like, uh, Jamie Hitt, who comes in, Josh Sanders, Devine, Molina, like some of those guys you're going to be relying on. And what they did for you this weekend is proof that they can go out there and they can be really good for you. And so can we get more consistency out of them moving forward? Um, I have, you know, a lot of faith in Tadlock to replenish this roster. So yeah. I expect us to have another really fun season. This one was on the slightly disappointing side, but I don't think it's a bad thing to be disappointed um, in this. Like, some people are like, how are y'all disappointed? Like, look at everything that we've done. It's like, yeah, look at everything we've done and look at the elevation of this program and now what our expectations are, and it's cool to be able to have that. And so it's okay to be down on this team a little yeah. bit this year, but, you know, we still have faith in this program and in Tadlock and everything to uh, get us back to – hosting a regional, back to College World Series and all of that. So we look forward to more things to come from this baseball team. As we talked about a little bit earlier, today is the 10-year anniversary of us hiring Tim Tadlock. So uh, we're going to move on, though, to our Club Red conversation this week, which will stay along those stay along uh, the baseball weekend as uh, officiating was a major topic not only through our regional, but pretty much all of college baseball this weekend as officiating has been, you know, shockingly sucky. <laughs> but in our series this weekend in the regionals, I, I really thought the officiating was pretty damn questionable for the most part. I thought the strike zones for each teams were pretty different. Um, there was that catcher interference call that was, you know, pretty bizarre, uh, especially to call that late in the game. Uh, there was some definite things to uh, criticize about the officials. Um, but we saw a tweet of somebody calling out fans for blaming officials for losses while also blaming officials for a bad call. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, and so we were just kind of talking about it. We went back and forth with him a little bit on Twitter, but... Dustin, I'll just kind of kick it over to you and then give my thoughts. So this is kind of like a blaming a loss on officiating versus just complaining about calls um, because ultimately it seemed like he was just getting mad at people complaining about calls. I didn't see anybody blaming officials for that loss. So what are your thoughts on on all of that that I just said? I know it's kind of uh, a lot. <laughs> the whole like twi- Twitter situation, I don't even know where to start with that. I want so many yeah, hits, so many points there. But your question on blaming officials for the loss versus complaining about calls, there's definitely a line in that. I mean, it's similar to the line of, like, you know, hating 
other team's players or kids that transfer. Like, just don't right. make it. You know, it's similar to that. Like, there's there's some lines. I'm I'm a high school football official, so I have a little bias towards officials there. Little leniency, I guess. Um, I've never been one to blame loss on an official. Cause there's much more you can do as players, coaches, yeah. and a team in inside a game. You know, don't miss that layup. Don't miss this easy ground ball the second. Like, don't throw one in the dirt in front right. of home plate with a guy on third. Lots of <laughs> lots of things that are in your hands. Yeah, literally, rather than letting a ref make a call, which when you leave the bat on your shoulder, that's you're risking that. You know, yeah. uh, swinging at pitch. Um, so I've never been one to blame a loss on officiating. There's definitely times, depending on situations and time of game, that officials have made calls that definitely can affect games. Um, and so there's that. But to go to Twitter with it, if you're getting offended on Twitter about complaining about calls as a fan, whoever getting you are, at, getting mad you're at in the wrong place. That's yeah. a great outlet for people to they're just yelling at their TV on the internet is all they're you expect, doing. You expect tech fans <laughs> to root for Notre Dame to get good calls? Like I, that's what was bizarre to me is it was like, what do you like, expect not, us to do? We weren't going on there saying F these officials. They cost us this whole series yeah. and regional. Unless that would be the extreme of blaming the loss and the whole thing on them. We're just complaining here and there of like, Hey, maybe the strike zone's a little effed up in this yeah. inning or these innings or for this guy and not this guy. Like, that's all we're saying. And, like, that's what being a fan is kind of all about. Like, That's what I tweeted. You, you can complain about your team not getting something. That's all you're doing. Like, it's not getting personal. You're just kind of complaining. You're yelling at the TV, just using the Internet to do it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's okay. That's a great yeah. place for it. That's what makes Twitter fun sometimes. Like to get I, I told him, I was like, yeah, arguments with another tech, team about that. Like, no, yeah. y'all are getting it. No, y'all are getting yeah. it. In the Tech-Duke game, I had a Duke guy telling me that they were getting screwed on calls. And I'm like, we're all the same. We're all fans. We're all going to yeah. see our prism that helps us. There's nothing wrong with that. I am as big a, as big a complainer about officials oh, as there yeah. is. But I think yeah. I do a pretty good job of not – I don't blame our losses on them. At no. the end of the day – like, sure, that was a bad call that put that guy, the winning run on first, but it's our pitcher's job to keep that guy in first. And our catcher's and we, job. And we weren't able to do that. Um, it was our job to produce runs when you have the bases loaded multiple times. We weren't able to do that. Like, I can, most of the times, I see it through the prism that, yeah, we lost that game. The officials had an effect on it. There's games that they've had effects on that have pissed me off, but I know at the end of the day, oh, it was that TJ Shannon three that cost us you know, that, that play that cost us the game there or whatever. Uh, the only ones I ever really blame the officials on is the national championship, and you can't convince me that we didn't get screwed over in that overtime. Right. Um, and that Iowa State game, he, he did bring that up. That was pretty bad this year, but you won that game. So there's but very then, like, the, the best thing of that whole thing of him, this guy on Twitter complaining, you can go, y'all can go try to find it if you want to. We won't yeah. mention his name or any quotes. I think it's on our personal accounts. Uh, I had to get in there and chime in because it was so dumb because he was complaining about tech fans complaining about officials or calls that the officials have made ends a sentence and starts a new sentence in the same tweet. But this call could have been different. Like, wait, you can't do that. You just complained about that. And then you're complaining about a call. 
What do you? And then he did it again, like two tweets later to somebody. Like, oh my god, you quit doing it again to me. I, I don't ever blame on, on losses. The only one I can think of is Iowa State, but we won that game. I was like, I mean, so <laughs> every time again. you're contradicting. Oh, that's yourself. what was killing me about that. Like complaining about this, but then throwing your own complaint about officiating against your team. <laughs> At the end, I was just like, dude, this is just a silly argument. Like, you want fans to not be biased towards their team? Like, you're just asking too much. You know, My you want to take from it was he needs to be off Twitter. Yeah. Who gets on Twitter <laughs> to get mad at people for that? That that was the most – I immediately texted Dustin. I was like, yo, you see this? Like, who does this? I did not, so I'm glad you sent it to me because I needed to oh, get in on that. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to kind of discuss that for a little bit, our thoughts on officiating, uh, blaming the losses on them versus just complaining about them. And I think for the most part that's what we're doing on Twitter is just complaining about a call or two and not blaming it on them. Just trying but to be hey, there for our team. Hey, yeah, that was a bad call. That was a ball when it should have been a strike. That was a strike when it should have been a ball. Things like that. So F that's that one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what our club red conversation for this week was about. We don't have a whole lot of other news, so we'll just kind of hit those in our final final shots of club red for this week. You're so right that's gonna kick it over to you. Yeah. Got a little, you know drinking here so burp a little bit all right well brooks kind of clears his throat out my final shot club red final shot the air raiders of texas tech the basketball tournament roster has added another piece justin gray you know like we mentioned last week they were getting the gang back together we're mm-hmm. getting the final four elite eight teams back together justin gray has joined the roster to go along with norrence zach smith zaire Matt Mooney, Naeem Stevenson. Did I miss anybody yet? I think we're up to six now. So yeah, yeah, it's basically the Elite Eight squad plus Matt Mooney. Welcome to the squad and the Air Raiders. Glad to have you, man. Yeah, it's basically like, what if we had Matt Mooney on that Elite Eight team? Uh, That's what you're getting right now. Um, I've heard uh, Talking Tech did an interview with Andrew Sorrells, who is apparently the GM of this team. So oh. he's the one that's putting it together. And okay. so they're, he, they, he did confirm that they are trying to get Tariq on this team. Oh, so um, so that, that'll be cool. But, yeah, it was, de- it was a decent interview because you got to kind of figure out the process of this. And he makes it seem like it's, it's a lot of work to try to get these guys on the team. So I do not that's envy him. Up. I do not envy him one bit, but love the team that he's putting together. Uh, my one is going to be the cover of the Texas Football Bible uh, was released um, that Dave uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, our own Joey McGuire, and uh, UTSA's head coach Jeff Trailer are going to be uh, on the cover. There might be multiple covers. I think they're doing like a couple cover thing, but this will be one of the covers uh, with a pretty good tagline on there. What was it? Uh, I should have wrote it down, but it wasn't. It was like... I don't remember. Something on yeah, they come out with different too. ones. Like, this is the summer edition. They'll yeah. come out one closer to fall, I think, with another group. But pretty cool to have two former high school coaches uh, now turned college football coaches uh, at, you know, leading their programs. And uh, big moments for him in his interview uh, on his, you know, day that we announced him as a head coach and he gave his press conference and everything. He told Dave Campbell to come put – 
putting him and Jeff Trailer on there, and so that came true. So pretty cool for that. Uh, so I wanted to shout out Joey McGuire for the cover. Hope that and, works out better than the last time we had a head coach yeah. on the cover. Yeah, that cover makes me cringe now when I see it, that Cliff and Mahomes one. I'm like, Five oh. or six years ago we had Mahomes and Cliff. I can't even describe how they were sitting and caressing each other. Well, it was mimicking. Hand on the shoulder. It was mimicking Mike Leach and Cliff yeah. when they made, made the cover. And, of course, we were terrible that year and year after, and Cliff didn't last. <laughs> and he went to the pros. <laughs> ah, so that will do it for me. Dustin, you got any other things for Club Red this week? No, man. No more for Club Red, so that will do it for Club Red this week. Make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify and giving us those five-star ratings and hitting us with the review if you listen to us on Apple. Also, make sure you are following us on social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Um, Dustin may be trying to get a TikTok going for us. We don't know. To be determined. Uh, But most importantly, follow us on the Twitter at tailgate underscore talks to keep up with all we're doing on there. Uh, Fighting with fans about officials, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, So that will be it for Club Red this week. Stay tuned for the tailgate where we'll be talking about the NBA Finals. So we will catch you guys next week. Peace.